Heavenly Features is brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions. Just a quick content warning at the top, we do talk about sexual assault and harassment throughout this episode. Hello and welcome to Heavenly Features, a weekly podcast where your hosts Sophie and Kim Hey, how's it going? get together to chat about films. Each week we take it in turns to recommend a film and this week it was my turn. Yes, it was. So uh, this week I decided that we need to have a bit of fun and watch an iconic film. So naturally I chose the 1980 film 9 to 5, written by Patricia Resnick, directed and co-written by Colin Higgins and starring Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton. Uh, I love this film. It's silly and fun. Uh, but also tackles the genuine issues of sexism, misogyny, and sex- sexual harassment in the workplace. The film centers on three women, Jane Fonda's divorced housewife, Judy, Lily Tomlin's widowed Violet, and Dolly Parton's married Dora Lee, and introduces us to their experiences in the workplace. Through mutual frustration, they vent their issues, and when Lily Tomlin believes she may have poisoned the boss, they all band together to help. And then when they realize he's okay and might fire them, they realised they need to teach him a lesson. Uh, this, this was the second biggest film of 1980 uh, in the United States and Canada, earning over $100 million. And the film is also remembered for the iconic Dolly Parton song, 9 to 5, which she was nominated for an Academy Award and won two Grammys. Uh, so this is just a joy of a film, which for me was much needed after last week's film, uh, The Laramie Project, which is a, a stunning film and really important film, but... Uh, quite a tough film to watch. I felt I needed a bit of fun. And you might be able to tell my, by my voice, uh, I've also been ill this week, so this really kind of lifted my spirit. Um, so it was a joy to watch. Um, so, Kim, what did you think about this film? I, I completely agree. What a joy to watch. Uh, and I knew from, like, the first note of 9 to 5 that I was going to just love this film. Yeah. Like, obviously I know the song, but as soon as it opened with that, I was just like, yeah, I'm in. I'm fully in. Oh, 100%. Like, fucking love Dolly. What a legend. Oh, she's brilliant. The fact that she wrote this song for the film as well, and it's such an iconic song. And I would say that the song is perhaps even more well-known than the film now. Oh, absolutely it is. Like, I, I hadn't seen this film before, but I've heard that song and played that song on repeat. Have you never seen it before? No, nah, never seen it before. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> That is genuine. I know. I, I just assumed you had because it's Dolly, but <laughs> I know, and I I love Dolly, but I haven't seen that many of her films. It like right. I'm much more I'm like dancing around with my son to her songs. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I think um, I, I'm certainly working on watching a lot more of her films. I've got a whole playlist ready for next Christmas. Uh, she's done a lot of <laughs> Christmas films, um, <laughs> but uh, this was definitely uh, one that I'd seen before. And then recently, we we watched um, uh, Horse, the little Greatest Little Whorehouse in Texas, which yes, I fucking adored that was brilliant and so that kind of got me in you know the mood for, for re-watching this one which I think I for the first time I watched it a couple of years ago uh, and just absolutely loved it it's such a a weird crazy film because the tone of it is quite light-hearted and there's like crazy fantasy sequences going on and it's all a bit fantastical in many ways but then you've also got this this element to it where it really kind of grounds uh, these characters and their experiences uh, through the experiences that they have in the workplace, uh, being mistreated, um, overlooked for jobs um, or promotions, um, sexual harassment, all these issues that are 
unfortunately, uh, are prevalent in the workplace, uh, alone back in 1980 when uh, this was released. So I think it's just such a great film because it managed to, to do all of that uh, whilst making it sort of entertaining and fun, yeah. but not at the expense of these genuine issues that women face in the workplace sometimes. Absolutely. And, I mean, the three fucking icons that lead this movie... Oh, like, you cannot go wrong if you put Lily, Jane and Dolly in a film together. Like, I was just <laughs> like, yeah, uh, this is... Like, what fucking legends. Well, this was Dolly Parton's first film. That's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, she has so much charisma in this. I would say in some scenes she actually steals the show, which to do that against Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, this is her first... Uh, role in a, in a film apparently she memorized all the lines of the whole uh story of the whole script because she thought that they were going to film it in order and she felt that she needed like and it was going to be like a play um so but she just was and then she wrote the song as well i mean could you get anyone more talented um yeah, i feel like i'm just going to gush about dolly parton a lot i'm um, so on board for but... all of the gushing <laughs> oh that sounds wrong <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, not that way, not that way. I mean, I'm going to just e- express my love for her. Um, that could sound wrong as well. Uh, never mind. <laughs> but Jane Fonda as well, obviously uh, a very strong-minded uh, individual who often took on roles that uh, had a lot of kind of messaging and meaning. She was known as Hanoi Jane for her um, kind of, uh, not part in the vietnam war but you know like she took that famous picture so she had like this real political edge to and her and to this day still does all this protests and, yes. and she's what a fucking kick-ass woman she's amazing um and then you have lily tomlin who is just like quick-witted and brass and funny and just iconic and a queer icon um well of course <laughs> <laughs> um and so just bringing them all together um it, it's the perfect cast I can't imagine anyone else in this no. role in these roles. No, absolutely. They just yeah, perfect casting. Whoever fucking cast this, genius. Yeah. Well, the um, so we're kind of introduced to the story uh, through the eyes of Jane Fonda's character Judy, who is starting um, her new job at this company uh, after her divorce. She needs to get um, a new job, and she's uh, kind of. hesitatingly welcomed in by uh, Violet, Lily Tomlin's character, who is very brash and to the point right from the beginning. She doesn't uh, suffer any fools. She tells Judy about how it really all goes down, who you need to look out for, who are good people to be around. And then she uh, also puts in lots of like quips about how she has been there so long and how she's overlooked for promotion. Um, and we get right away exactly what the scenario in this office is, that she is someone who is almost overqualified for her job because of her level of experience and how good she is at it. And yet she keeps training up these men who then overtake her and get into these positions of power within the company because they are men. Yep. And uh, she has to just put up with it and uh, not just be put like putting up with the fact that that they get to succeed where she doesn't, but then they get to belittle her and to treat her in a sexist manner or as 
uh, somebody who is kind of below her post and her, her experience. And so she has this kind of side to her, which to the women, she is so lovely and nice for the majority of the time. Um, but that she also is fully aware of how everything works there. And she uh, kind of mocks this woman who is basically the spy for the boss. Yeah. Um, and kind of finishes her lines for her. And it's such a great introduction to what this story is going to be about. It's going to be about these women facing the adversity of being in this office space where they are mistreated yeah. because of being women and also the responsibilities that many women have when it comes to, you know, childcare and things like that, that they have to balance perhaps with their uh, jobs as well. So we have all of this kind of going on and we get to kind of uh, meet these in, these characters and then kind of go on this journey with them. Yeah, and I think like with, with Lily Tomlin's character, the, the little lines that she feeds to the the spy in the office is just so funny. Like when she, yes. when she says about her, the memo and Lily's just like, oh yeah, I tore right through it. And she does it with a smile <laughs> yeah. on her face and you're like, yes, queen. Like, because you know what she means, but the other lady's just like, oh, great, okay. <laughs> like, She's like, yes, great, you read it all the way through. And she's just like, no, I read it to shreds, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, so good. And also the way that Lily Tomlin delivers lines, I'm just like, you're a fucking oh, queen. It just made me realise that I need to watch more films with her oh, in. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the other film that I remember watching was Big Business, which uh, got Ben Midler in, so... Uh, it's a great film, <laughs> very eighties. Um, but this, her sharp wit is just so good, and you can tell that there are things in here that she's probably ad libbed or she's added her own kind of tone to oh, it. Yeah. Um, and it's just so sharp, um, and it makes it such a believable character, considering that she is a, a widowed mother of children who she has to raise and look after, and she's trying to get promotions and she's being passed over them all the time she's working hard trying to survive she doesn't have time for the bullshit in the office yeah she just has to get to the point um and you see that so many times and she's like very brazen as well she is very willing to kind of openly kind of mock the men in the office as well like as juvenile as it is when she covered up that uh uh the boss's name on the door and said (laughs) F, uh, F part or fart. I cackled because I love those sorts of moments where there's someone's being so petty because they're like, this is bullshit. I don't care. Um, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. He's a fart. But also finding <laughs> finding the, like, for her, for her character, finding the, the little things that you can bring some joy and some power to yourself with these little yeah. quips or these little, like, covering part of the name and being like, he's a fucking fart. Like... Yeah. It's just like anything to get you through in a toxic work environment, which most of us have been in at some point, and you you do find these little things or you find your people that you can just go out and have a smoke break or go out for a drink with and mm. bitch more than you ever have bitched before. Exactly. And that's why I felt so bad for Doralee, because we get introduced to her around the same time as Judy's being escorted around the office to understand how the office works. We get introduced to Doralee, who is a secretary for, or like the personal secretary for the boss. For (laughs) fart. Um, And, oh my God, you see how she, 
has to put up with his constant sexual harassment and sexual assault and sexual assault pursuing her to have to meet up uh, after work and have you know a sexual relationship with him and it's just constant and you see at points in the movie where he is it just not just like oh in the moment he decides to say something he sets up his entire death so that he can purposely push something off the side oh, of it it was that was so she will bend down and he can look down her cleavage and it is disgusting it's it's disgusting it's so bad it's so so bad i just you, oh. and she she says so clearly no I'm married. I don't want this. Stop doing this. I can't accept your gifts. This is inappropriate. She's clearly said this a million times to him and he doesn't stop. And so we just get this small insight to what she has to put up with. And then we also see, unfortunately, that she has also been isolated from the other girls in the office because he spread the rumour that they're sleeping together, yeah. which is just awful. It takes away all of her dignity, all of her autonomy, and uh, it isolates her. And I wonder, did he do that on purpose? Obviously just to brag, but perhaps also to isolate her so that she can't share this examples of sexual harassment that she um, experiences from him with the other women in the well, office. Yeah, she'd have no, she'd have no one in her camp then to help her. She'd be exactly. completely isolated. I don't know if he did it on purpose because I also think he's a bit of a dumb fuck, but... Yeah, but certainly the effect it's that it has. definitely the effect it has. And, like, it just creates this infighting between women, which happens so often, not just between women, but between yeah. any sort of marginalised community. You end up with this infighting. Rather than fighting the powers that be that we need to fight, all of this fucking infighting happens. And it just yeah. it stops you from being able to then stand up and rise up and stand yeah. up for, like, what you need and your rights. Exactly. And one of the things that uh, really got me is how the uh, the spy for the boss, who is a <laughs> yes. woman, um, she uh, talks openly about how unionization is a bad idea. And if anybody ever says anything about how you should not be a, in a union, I am automatically against them. I think unions are fantastic. They are there to protect the worker and to whether it's in terms of pay or um, whether it's in situations where, you know, there may be disputes with your company, uh, whether they have a dispute with you or you have a dispute with them, they are there to stand up for you. They know the law. They know what uh, is expected of how people should be treated and valued at their work. They are the people that fight for better working conditions, uh, whether that comes down to respect or physically um, you know, the use of machineries and brakes and whatever whatever line of work it is. Unions are there to fight for you. And the fact that there is clearly no unionization allowed in this office is a fucking travesty. And you can understand why the toxic masculinity that is so apparent in this office. I mean, the guy has a fucking animal head on his wall and, like, sports trophies from when he was a child on his wall. Like, you can just see the toxic masculinity there. And then the way that he, you know, walks around brandishing this uh, kind of attitude that he can treat women a certain way. Oh, it just, it, you can see how that culture is created. And I just hated, like, that this this was, like, an, an element that they had 
I mean, I love that they focused on it, but it was just like, you can see why these women have no rights when they get unfairly dismissed, when they get sexually harassed, when they don't get promoted. You can see how they don't have a leg to stand on because they don't have anyone to fight in their corner. Well, I, I had it I had it before where a boss of mine told told me that don't don't join the union it's a waste of money and also oh don't ask anyone about their salary. So obviously the first two things I did was join the union and ask everyone about their salary. And, uh, <laughs> and then I was like, oh I should be being paid more. And I needed yeah. the union because they were underpaying me and treating me badly. I was like, well no wonder you yeah. fucking said this. But that was in like the mid 2000s so yeah. whenever sometime after 2000 anyway so uh, i at least had rights but this was pre all of that so they literally if they got caught talking about their salary they were fired on the spot because they didn't want to find anyone to find out that they were being paid so much less than the men well i think they all knew but it was just the fact that they could never reach those jobs where you could ever dream of, of earning that kind of money And uh, what I found interesting, because I wanted to specifically look this up, was I wanted to know, specifically in the US, because this is an American film, I wanted to know when rights for, you know, rights in the workplace to protect people had come in. And I was looking around that era, and in, uh, it was in 1970 that the US had the Equal Pay Act, and in uh, 1975 that the Sex Discrimination Act came in. So I think the fact that this only took five years to be released, you know, like, you know, be made, you know, written, made, and then released, to have a film that is commenting on the fact that although these are now illegal practices that are happening in this workplace, doesn't mean that it necessarily, you know, these laws have stopped this happening in the workplace. No, well, you've still got that toxic culture embedded into the workplace with all of these toxic men at the top. So you're not going to, they want to keep it a boys club. It's intimidating to have these strong, powerful women come in. So they keep it as a boys club up the top, regardless of the law. They said that the customers don't like to get numbers from women. Well, yes, because how, what the little woman should be in the kitchen. (laughs) We don't do math. Exactly. It's just, it was ridiculous. And um, I just thought it was really interesting that this film came out. Obviously, when these were conversations that were being had, uh, both in a legal sense, but probably also culturally, about what, uh, you know, after the 70s, which is a massive decade for kind of uh, third wave feminism, is it by then? I imagine. Um, so certainly like, uh, maybe it's second wave. Second wave is the 50s, isn't it? I get confused when it comes to American history as to which bit it Just is. Just to clarify, you know I mean? no one looks to me for numbers. So... <laughs> I'm looking to you and you're not giving me anything. Um, but certainly, like, you have, like, the 1970s being this this big time for women protesting, for being recognised as equals to others, being treated with respect, not having to, um, you know, have undignified experiences with people who can't respect them. And I just think that the fact that this comes at the end of, of that decade is really important and that this is a light-hearted film that manages to still make awareness of these issues i think it's just really significant and i unfortunately i still think it's relevant today because although the things that happen in here in this film are very out in the open for the most part 
and very obvious in the ways that these women are being mistreated. Nowadays, I just think some of it's more insidious and it's more hidden. We only have to look at the Me Too movement to see that there have be, still been issues of sexual harassment in the workplace and sexual assault yeah. and mistreatment of, of women. And we're talking about women here. Of course, there are men that are on the receiving end of harassment as well in the workplace. But because this film is about women and their um, kind of journey um, at this workplace, that's why I'm focusing on women. Um, but I think the fact that it's still relevant today is kind of heartbreaking, quite frankly. Yeah, it's it's so prevalent still like i've 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 experienced it myself in workplaces and uh i remember when i I worked in a bar for a while a few years back quite a few years back now i'm ancient can't even stand on my knees anymore so it was quite a few years back but um (laughs) i remember saying to my manager about being sexually harassed by some of the customers and i mean like badly uh and she said and she was a woman she turned around and said oh that's part of the job of being a bartender and I was like, um, I don't really think that sexual assault and harassment is part of anyone's job, though, is it? No. And it got to the point, like, my, my dad actually came to visit me at work and he stepped in at one point because he witnessed me being sexually assaulted. Not, like, really yeah. badly, but... And I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Being touched inappropriately, being... Exactly. Um, yeah, propositioned inappropriately. Yeah. Um, you know, ignoring your... Uh, your will and your um, desire to not be a part of that scenario. And we were told we weren't allowed to stand up for ourselves because it was just part of the job. I think that we still have a long way to go for the culture to truly understand what is appropriate and what isn't. And I think we are getting better at it, but I do worry that some of it is just kind of being hidden more. Yeah. Rather than being um, like distinguished, like got, got rid of Distinguished, that's the wrong word. Extinguished. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> My brain's not working, guys. <laughs> we, we have... We've come so far in so many ways. and we, But we still have so far to go. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like, we should just need to say a massive thank you to the people who came before us and for, for where we oh, are now. Course. Like... Yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be anywhere close to where we are now without the people that came before us who have made sacrifices and stood up um for our rights so a hundred percent that's always something that should be recognized and three of the people who definitely have done that star in this fucking film yes and what is although we've had like a few fun quips and things like that i think this from from this moment on when they start when when dora lee has confronted her boss about these rumors that he's spread in front of violet um that is when Violet goes, oh, okay, right, you're on board now, come on. And they all end up, uh, after horrible experiences at work, ending up in the bar to have a drink. And they kind of band together and they vent together. Uh, they end up getting stoned together, which, can I just say, the fact they all got so stoned on one joint. I I want whatever they're smoking. <laughs> Crazy. Because, oh my God. They all get so wrecked. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, right? seriously. Blimey. Like, which, I mean, was great. But it was it was a cigarette-sized joint. It wasn't even a big joint. And I was like, no. so even if that is a blunt, like, and I... And we, own, we know they only have one. Yeah, because Lily Toblum's son gave it to her. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
like this is the yeah. best relationship I've ever seen. I love all of this. I'm so on board <laughs> for all of this. Just great. Yeah. Yeah, I just I loved I loved when they came together. I loved when they they yeah. stood up and and joined forces uh, like power in numbers. I think that this is the moment where like they've they've established how shitty this workplace is and now when they band together this is where it's going to get fun. And in all fairness, this is where it also gets a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> because from just a now, tad. then we, just a tad. First of all, we hear about their fantasies. And not only do we hear it, we get to see it acted out. So we see um, Jane Fonda wanting to shoot her boss. We see, um, I'm trying to remember which order it all goes in. We see um, Lily Tomlin character Violet wanting to poison her boss and we see uh, Dolly Parton the western girl that she is wants to <laughs> she wants to tie up her boss yeah she um, wants to hog tie like, him I was like yes queen <laughs> fucking go for it yeah which in any other scenario would have been really like oh okay what are we doing here Dolly but in that scenario I was just like yes tie him the fuck up <laughs> like exactly and he uh so what's what's great is we get to see these ridiculous fantasies can i just say in this moment lily tomlin as snow white really got me honestly i (laughs) i never knew i never knew we needed lily tomlin and snow white i never knew but we fucking did if they do a live action version all i'm saying i know she's getting on a bit but oh no she is the perfect snow white (laughs) exactly it would be great. She was fantastic, and it really got me. I don't think I, I don't, I didn't remember that um, from like the last time I'd seen it. I don't know why. I- iconic image, it's, it's forever now, like burnt into my mind, into my retinas because it was so good. Um, <laughs> but it was <laughs> such a good image. I just, I can't get over how good she looked, and then she had all the little animals. Yes. Like, oh, and then she yes. like poisoned him. It was so good. <laughs> And uh, yeah, Dolly Dolly riding up on the horse as well. I was just like, yes. And then getting the lasso yeah. out. I was just like, oh, yes. All of it yeah, is perfect. Yeah, and she kind of, and she's trying to give him a taste of his own medicine by being horribly inappropriate to him. Yeah. Which is so sad because obviously that's how she's been treated. But it's also like, yeah, you fucking get him. Make him realize what it's like yeah. to be you know treated so disrespectfully every single day yeah um uh it was it was so so good um so then we uh that all happens they get together it's fun it's whatever then they go to work and what i love is that so far there have been so many scenes that have managed to put things together before they become relevant in the story so, for example, we've already had a scene of Lily Tomlin being a boss bitch and installing her own, like, garage door opener thing, uh, which is useful for later in the story. And then we see in this scene, um, when they come into the office the next day, they're talking about, you know, what they're doing. And Lily Tomlin talks about how... I keep calling her Lily Tomlin. I always do this. Violet <laughs> <laughs> talks about how she has to do some shopping and she has to buy this. Uh, she has to buy... Um, was it called like sugar? Oh, sweet, sweet and sweet. low, or sweet and something. I can't remember. But... Something like it's like a diet sugar thing, yeah. and she has to buy rat poison, and she has to buy this, and she has to buy that. So we get this kind of already planted in there that she would have this rat poison in her locker, and then later, because um, 
Dora Lee has had to leave the office on an errand for her boss. Uh, of course, the boss is being a fucking dick, and he's asking Lily Tomlin. I think he does it purposely to wind her up, um, and because Lily Tomlin is being is has put herself forward for a promotion that he is apparently considering which means he can manipulate and use her because as she said to her son earlier i've just got to smile through it like until i get this promotion which he was exactly never even considering her for he was never going to give it to her but he is more than happy to belittle her and mistreat her and he makes her get her coffee get him coffee and things and she's angry and she's venting to this other co-worker and she's not even thinking about it. And they run out of this like low calorie sugar yeah. thing. And so she's like, it's fine. I went to the shop. I'll grab some. And she grabs it out and she pours it in. And it's got the same or very similar packaging to the rat poison. Yes. And she stirs it up and she sends it as she takes it in. And the boss doesn't actually drink the coffee, but he falls backward in his chair, which has, again, already been set up as being broken uh, several times earlier in the story. And so he falls backwards and hits his head. And she worries that he's drunk the poison and he's going to die and she's going to get fired and she's going to go to a jail and she's not going to get the promotion. Um, so they, from that moment forward, they again, they all band together and they go to the hospital to try and sort it out. And this whole bit I completely had forgotten about. I remember the bit at the end when they, um, spoiler alert, um, kidnap him. And I remember the bit at the beginning and how it all set up. I've totally forgotten about the bit at the hospital where she steals a body and... Uh, <laughs> the, the wrong body. Up, uh, <laughs> like... Yeah, the wrong body. The moment where she's just like, to that poor woman who's asking her where the cafe is, she's like, I'm a fucking doctor, because she's put this lab Yeah, jacket. she's like, like, why am I talking to you? Piss off! <laughs> which, which, I love that it just shows how, how doctors, <laughs> male doctors at the time, treated the, like nurses or candy stripers because she immediately was like yes yes i am a doctor piss off <laughs> like <laughs> exactly like, i've got things i to don't do. need to fucking so talk steals... to the likes of you yeah so she steals this body which she thinks is her boss's because she's like it's fine what we'll do guys we'll just sink him in a river and no one will ever know <laughs> uh, because she obviously has heard so what's happened is another person has gone into the same room um as uh the boss and has had a cardiac arrest and has died and he was a witness for some criminal case. And so the police are there and they're talking, the doctor's talking to the police about how he's died. And Lily Tomlin, obviously, Violet, takes it the wrong way, thinks that it's the boss um, who's only hit his head. He's absolutely He's fine. already left because he didn't want to pay. He's already because left. Because America and you don't have health care uh but because uh he was like i'm not i know what you're trying to do you're trying to con me out of money i'm not getting an x-ray or an mri or anything because he's a stingy little bitch as well so in venice if i was (laughs) in america i would do the same thing because i wouldn't be able to afford to have it possibly yes but i probably if i'd hit my head want to know if i had a concussion in fairness, I've been in England and really badly hit my head and definitely had a concussion and they didn't offer me one. So in fairness, you know, it's not okay, perfect. Fair <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think, um, so this is what, so she overhears all this, she panics. She goes, she puts on the lab coat, she nicks his body. Um, she puts it in the trunk of her car and uh, <laughs> she uh, decides that they're going to go and throw in in the uh, river only to later discover it's not her boss in the boot of the car. And so then they have to try and return the well, I, I loved the bit where they're driving along and they're like, where are we going to get concrete from? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. 
like but it's like that's so true like you wouldn't know no, would you like what you would and especially like you're a bit panicky because you've just stolen a body and you think you might get done for murder um which you know apparently can be scary i've not personally been in that situation just for the record <laughs> um, but like you'd be shitting yourself and not thinking straight and then you're like motherfucker now where am i meant to get concrete from but i love also that the fact that violet is um feeling herself because suddenly she's in a position of power being a doctor yeah which she has always had to relinquish that power because she's never been the boss but now she's in a uh supposedly you know a doctor because she's still wearing the jacket she gets so much more respect from people and that she's just really really enjoying it because even when the policeman it's just like oh you know we'll give you uh, i'll I'll, uh, escort you there um, so, you know, you can go through traffic and everything. And she's just like, I don't have time. Bye. And off <laughs> yeah. she goes. Or like when so she sat good. there and is really sarcastic and he's like, oh, I didn't realize yeah. you were a doctor. And she's like, what did you think I was? A beautician? Like, <laughs> Exactly. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it was really good. I, I just love um, that they stole the wrong body. Like, I know. Who does that? I love it. <laughs> Um, so they manage to take the body back. It's not a problem. Uh, they come in the next day. They still think he's dead. Uh, and then they see him in the office and they all freak out. Uh, especially because, uh, it becomes, it comes to the boss's attention that Violet potentially poisoned him or tried to poison him. Yeah, well, because the, the snitch, uh, who overhears in the bathroom and relays it all to them exactly and so he's basically saying oh my god i'm gonna get you fired you're gonna get arrested it's just gonna be the worst thing ever and so they realize that they have to do something about this right now and so they basically hold him hostage um and take him to but to his house but during all of this not only have we seen lily tomlin live her fantasy out by poisoning the boss potentially but we also get to see Doralee uh, tie him up. And then we also get to see Jane Fonda shooting yeah. at him. She misses. But we get to see Judy shoot uh, the boss as well. So all of their fantasies come true. I love that kind of attention to detail yeah. that that kind of happens for them. Um, and they decide that they're going to take him back to uh, his house because his wife, bless her. Honestly, um, is... what the fuck does she see in him? I think she doesn't look too close at who she's married to. I mean... Because she's very away with fairies. And she does not pick up on anything, does she? No, Bless her. she really doesn't. She's just such a sweetheart. I know. And she's gone away on this cruise because he's refused to go with her. And so they know, because uh, Doralee, obviously, knows what's happening, um, because she's his secretary, that there's no not going to be anybody at the house. So they decide they're going to go there and what they're going to do is they're going to look for evidence of something that they can do to blackmail him whilst they have him confined there so that he will not do anything against them. So Violet uh, goes through all this paperwork and she finds that he's been siphoning off money from the business. He's been uh, taking money for orders but not purchasing them and putting that money into his own um wallet essentially um so she uses that to um blackmail him but they have to wait for the paperwork to come through from head office to prove it 
So they've got to wait. Which, which is going to take... Because weeks. this is before everyone had computers, yes. basically. Because they're all there on their typewriters at work. Uh, so they concoct this brilliant way of kind of keeping him in comfort, but also detaining him, which is by using the... Um, garage door opener. The garage door opener to uh, kind of hoist him above uh the 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 bedroom and uh so if he's like acting unruly or something like that they can just press the little kind of zapper thing the little remote control and uh he will go flying into the air and they get him also so much bondage like a dog collar so much (laughs) it's a little bit kinky really wasn't such an ass it would be like "Mm, sexy um and they get rid of as much of uh the things in in the room as possible that he could use as a weapon or use to release himself. And so they have to then uh, go to work, cover for the, for his absences or him not being around, not being in the office. Which they do very easily. They like they even say at one point, like, oh, no, I misses him. Like, I didn't realise. Because nobody actually wants to go and see him face to face. Yeah, apart from the one... The snoop. The snoop, yeah. Yeah, the, the spy. Um but they also take an advantage of, of the situation by making the situation better for the workers in the office. So they brighten up the decor because he's been really mean about whether they're allowed to have photos or coffee mugs or anything personalized on their desk. And they uh, brighten up the space as well. So it's just a much nicer place to work in. Yep. And then uh, when they're like, well, this works, and this is so superficial, let's do something that's actually going to make a difference. You know that woman that got unfairly um, uh, dismissed earlier in the in the film? Let's make it so that she can come back and she can do job share with somebody. They can be flexible hours. We can have uh, childcare provided since this is a, a female-dominated office and therefore many of these women will have childcare concerns. Oh, equal pay. I know. Equal pay they put in. They put in so many things that obviously make the workplace so much better and more pro- and effectively more productive. It's proven by the end that they're 20% more productive because of these implementations in the office. And that's within the like six, a six-week period or something that they... Exactly. Like it's jumped so much on how much more productive they are. Like, it's just... Yeah. It, like it's proven in that short space of time women should rule the world <laughs> <laughs> well it's proven that if you treat people with respect and you try to kind of meet them where they're at and and see what you can do to support them as your employee how they will actually work better for the hours that they are there yeah. because they are not concerned about childcare or um you know having to be this way place that place the other place all at the same time or whatever it is you know having two jobs perhaps because they can't afford on the measly pay of a woman at the time you know these are all things that are really important being able to go to work and not be sexually harassed or assaulted exactly um or uh belittled yeah. and all of these things are really important and they uh, you can see that the morale has really changed towards the end of the film uh, we see that uh, the Lush, which I fucking love her, um, <laughs> this character who whenever someone's like, 
I've had it. I'm going for a drink. She's like, Ada girl. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I love And it. I love that she calls her little flask for medicinal purposes. I'm like, yes, queen. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, she, Maybe is. she is genuinely an alcoholic and they send her to like a rehab facility or a group. A group. Yeah. Uh, and some kind of support group that's going to help her. Yeah, and also write a letter of encouragement. Obviously, they sign it from the yeah. boss, but they do it. Dora Lee obviously does it because she's Dolly Parton and she's yeah. the queen. Um, and <laughs> they yes. support their workers and help them with health issues. And then people yeah. are happy and come to work and get their job done and want to be at the company. And you end up making more money for everyone and also if you pay people a decent fucking wage it boosts the economy exactly and so they take these this advantage to do all of this and it proves also not only that all of these women are very capable but that violet in particular is particularly capable of running an office of doing these amazing things because she's the one who instigates a lot of them um and so it, it kind of proves that she should be respected and should get these promotions should be in a position of power at this job um and that they are being quite frankly stupid for not giving her that um opportunity well he throughout the whole film the boss steals all of her ideas and tries to pass them off as his own like the color coding and everything he just he takes all of her ideas and passes them off and no one even for a second hesitates that it could be his idea like like wouldn't be his idea they're just like oh yeah of course exactly. it wouldn't be the little women that came up with this or they are used to the fact that if somebody works for you in your department you take their ideas and take the credit yeah and get paid more for yeah. it because you are the boss of that department yeah. as opposed to your measly people that work which underneath. absolutely if you have people who work for you and they come up with ideas and you implement like implement those ideas absolutely you will get some credit for that but you need to make sure that your staff get given the credit that they deserve. Yeah, it should be like shared yeah. or, or well known that those people have contributed in those in, in whatever yeah. way. Whilst they're at the house looking, uh, they're looking after uh, kidnapping uh, the boss. Uh, we get to see Judy. Actually, she has like her one kind of moment in the story that kind of makes her character because she's a very meek character when she comes in very bumbling very kind of overwhelmed being in the workplace because she's not had a job before she's been a housewife for 12 years her husband left her for his secretary and so she's very meek and mild and weirdly i don't know have you seen tootsie yes she dresses a little bit like dustin hoffman dresses in tootsie (laughs) but i think he's dressing like her because this was two years before tootsie (laughs) so I just couldn't unsee it, okay? Once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Um, But it's very much that kind of very frilly uh, conservative look from the 1980s. Um, (laughs) I just can't unsee it. Um, (laughs) But uh, so she has this moment where her husband uh, comes to her and explains that he perhaps was thinking of having wanting her, her back because, funnily enough, this affair has not panned out for him. And uh, he kind of, he comes to the house, first of all, because he'd been stalking her, which, red flag. And he, he fully admits, like, there's nothing wrong with it. He's like, oh, I've been following you around and no. casing the joint. Exactly. I've been invading your privacy. 
uh, let's talk about that right that you've infringed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but ooh, it's very dodgy. And then um, obviously there's a noise upstairs and uh, they go upstairs or she goes upstairs, he follows her and he discovers that they have this man suspended from the ceiling um, <laughs> in this bondage gear. And he obviously mistakes it for a bit of S&M that she, she's got a bit kinky. Which, in fairness, um, there is no other conclusion to jump to. Like, No, that would... you wouldn't suspect, would you? Especially for her, that she would be kidnapping no. somebody. No, if I walked in on that, I'd be like, oh, sorry, excuse me. You get back to doing whatever you're doing. Like, enjoy. <laughs> like, there yeah. would be no, do you need help, sir? Like, Exactly. I mean, I disapproved of the fact that he was clearly so staunchly against S&M. He was very judgy. But I also loved that she called it M&M's because she clearly had no idea what S&M was. (laughs) (laughs) It was so sweet. But she gets this moment where she's like, you know what, actually, I don't care about you. I don't want you in my life. Sod off. It was was a very empowering moment. Her moment. And it was really nice because Jane Fonda, obviously, she's often played these really confident, um, badass women in a lot of her films. Uh, previously to this one so this was a change for her to play somebody who's a bit more meek yeah. um who uh is a bit of a, a wallflower perhaps um and then finally finds her strength later um and she certainly has because she's she's nailed down a job she's found some friends she smoked some weed she's kidnapped her boss she is you know doing better for herself yeah <laughs> you know she's on a roll and uh you know she's even you know dabbled in corpses and <laughs> she's you know really coming into her, her own and so it's nice that she has that moment now the the plan kind of goes awry because he manages to find a nail file in one of the drawers um which they've missed obviously and he is able to kind of get himself out of his kinky bondage as a result he goes into the workplace and he he's also managed to um sort out this whole financial thing he's managed to get stock back into this warehouse that they were going to use to frame him which is a shame because it all happens on the day when the paperwork comes through so everything's gone wrong however we then get a visit from the boss um so for the guy up high in the in the uh company and he decides that uh, he wants to meet this man who's made this massive difference in this department over the last six weeks and of course the boss knows nothing about it. He doesn't really know what's happened. Um, and we get to kind of see, he gets rewarded for it. This is the best thing, is that although they don't get to give their own personal form of revenge, he they get their revenge because he gets promoted. But as a result of that promotion, he's got to go and live abroad for several years. And so he's not their problem anymore. Yeah. And so they kind of get what they want at the end. So it's it's really um, like a cherry on top of the cake, you know. Um, you get to see how they've managed to make this office better and yet they've also managed to get rid of this guy and they haven't really had to do the last leg of the dirty work. Yeah. Uh, as, much as, as much as they have that initial panic of, oh, we've been made, what the fuck are we going to do? And then the boss comes yeah. in in his cowboy hat and saves the day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Uh, I was just like, yeah, that's like, 
the fact that he was then like, oh, we're promoting you and sending you away. Oh, I like... And he... The boss then basically does to him what he's done to people before, where he said, like, you know, I like a team player. I don't like someone who says no. Exactly. And the boss has used that to um, essentially abuse his his female staff. Yeah. Um, and this guy, who's the, the owner of the business, uses it to say... You're not going to say no to yeah. me. You're going abroad, yeah, you, and he can't get out of it. If you want this job, suck it up. Like, yeah. Which you're not going to keep this job. You're going to have to. If you want to have a job, you're going to have to do the one I'm yeah. giving you. Which I don't agree with at all. Is not correct. But also, I don't give a fuck about the boss. So I'm like, yeah, send him <laughs> off. Exactly. And then we see in the end credits that Violet gets her promotion. Yes. Um, so that's a nice kind of little end. Story. They all they all get their happy ending. They all get what they want. Yes. So everybody has a different happy ending. I really appreciated in this film that they chose to show the experiences of very different women. They showed a very shy woman who uh, has just got divorced. Yeah. So the complications of somebody who has not worked in the workforce um, and who is starting a life for herself for the first time, really. Um, so we get her experience. We get somebody who has been left in a shitty position when her husband has died. She's had to raise children, and she's got to be the breadwinner. She's got to make the money and raise them. So we get that from Violet. And then we get, some, uh, from Dora Lee, we get somebody who is very okay with their sexuality, but monogamous, and loves their husband, and wants just to have, you know, that life. Yeah. And that uh, she doesn't want to be, you know, mistaken for being, you know, perhaps what's the word? promiscuous um, just because of the way that she looks. Which which is something that's always been the case with with Dolly. She's always had that, yeah. like, oh, she's blonde hair, big tits. Like, oh, she must be she must be dumb and she must, like, be a whore. But, like... Well, what, one of my favourite songs of hers is called Dumb Blonde. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with it. And so she's very aware of how people see her in the world. And she's always kind of stood up against that. And this role very much, you know, represents that as well. So she gets the happiness of, you know, um, just kind of being with her husband and and not being harassed, quite frankly. Um, Which should just be normal life. That shouldn't be like, oh, a nice happy ending. That should just be normal life. Doesn't she... Oh, no, wait, doesn't her thing, isn't it that she writes some songs or something? I honestly can't remember her happy ending. <laughs> no, neither can I, and I feel really bad. Um, yeah, so Violet was promoted to vice president uh, in recognition of her ability to remain calm in a crisis. Judy fell in love and married the Xerox representative, which is hilarious because she cannot handle a photocopier. Um, Dora Lee Rhodes quit consolidated and became a country and western singer. There we go. Um, and then this was such a trope in like 80s and 90s films where the, the bad guy always gets abducted by a oh, tribe. Because it's like, oh, savages. I know. It was abducted by a tribe of Amazons in the Brazilian jungle and was never heard from again. And I think that hasn't perhaps dated. No, when I saw now. that, I was like, oh, no, no, no. It was it was such a thing it in the really 80s was. and 90s that like the bad guy always got like abducted or ended up in some impoverished country and that well, was I like... the fact that, like he's being sent to brazil and the two things he says about the brazil or the two things that are said about brazil is oh no the jungle 
which I'm like, the yeah. fuck? Uh, and also that yeah. he's been abduct- abducted by uh, Amazons and never seen again. I was like, well, this definitely, yeah. you just had to throw in some casual racism at the end there, didn't you, guys? It's not stood the screen test of time. <laughs> no, no, it sure hasn't. So, but it was such a thing back then. I don't know it, why. It really was. The I... amount of family films that ended with like, the bad guy got this. Yeah. And it was always just like, they got, you know, kidnapped by a gang or <laughs> they got deported to some country, which is never meant to be as good as the country that uh, America or wherever. Well, yeah, in fairness, it was, it, in, it any, in any American film, if you're sent anywhere other than America, it's not as good. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But, I mean, oh, this film is so much fun. And yes, there are serious things in it, but I mean, I love a film where there's like a camaraderie, a group that come together. Particularly, I love a group of women, probably because I'm a woman. I enjoy that. You know, one of my other favorite films is First Wives Club. And this very much has that same kind of camaraderie of people coming together to sort out men. And <laughs> that yep. is what happens in this film as well. So I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And I definitely, I think it definitely got me back on the men. I mean, I think I'm getting better because I watched this film. I so thought that you, uh, like, <laughs> I know what you said, but in my head it came out as it, this film definitely got me back into men. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? No, <laughs> back on the mend. I... Oh God, no. <laughs> there is not a redeeming male character in this whole film. The only one that is kind of okay is the stoner kid who gives his mum a joint. Stoner kid, I love. And also... Dolly's husband isn't bad. Like, he's not. Oh, that's true. He's just kind of just in bed, isn't he? He's just like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's not perfect, but it's like I mean, he obviously he's... Dolly saw something in him, and I trust Dolly, so. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really speak, so no. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> that's a horrible thing to say, but like he's just—it's a very male he's thing not to really... say. <laughs> he's not really a character. He's just kind of there. Yes, as for her to vent when she's at home. Any man who is near Dolly should be. Well, <laughs> anywho, well, after seeing this for the first time, what did you think? Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, the the three women, I would watch them do anything. I just think it, they must have had <laughs> so much fucking fun making this. Like, oh yeah, the stoner scene. That's what I was thinking while I was watching the stoner scene. I was just like, oh my god, imagine how fun this would have been to to shoot. Like, the three of them just sat on the floor, howling, laughing. Like, oh, it'd be brilliant. I, think, I think they would have just had such fun shooting it. And yeah, I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think it had such important messages that still are so true to this day. Like, didn't they recently do a documentary about it that Jane Fonda is, oh, like, producing? I don't know, but I 100% want to watch that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that they did. Like, a look at how, like, the rights of people so far, like, how far we've come. Oh, oh. I, okay, yes. I had there was a thing that was on Netflix which Jane Fonda th- did about feminism. Yes, but I think it's like. But I haven't seen one that's just about nine to five. I don't know. But there's a musical, and I would very much like to see that. Yeah, I think I think that I think yeah, the messages stand the test of time, and Lily Tomlin as Snow White is just my oh. new favorite Disney character. So <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I'm glad you recommended it. Because, again, it's one of the fucking films that for my entire life has been on my list. And you know me, procrastination station over here, 
can't get off my ass to do it. So I'm glad you twisted me and I mean, like forced me to do it. As the years go on, I become just that little bit more obsessed with Dolly Parton every year. So uh, I feel like this is uh, definitely one of the touchstone films of her career. And I am on a mission to watch everything in her filmography. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty good goal to have. I'm going to be watching so many vaguely Christian TV movies. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy um, that. Report back with any that you think I should watch. Uh, I already did. Unlikely Angel. <laughs> Which <laughs> Don't you remember Christmas? <laughs> is on my list. Don't you worry. If any of them are like the whorehouse. Best little I whorehouse in Texas. So on board. Yeah. That... Oh, we need to do that on this at some point i have i don't think i've ever laughed as much at a film i just it's brilliant so good but anyway back to this film (laughs) yeah i'm glad i'm glad that you recommended it i know i'm glad that i watched it um it's a good definitely so thinking about like next week what would you like to recommend for us to watch so don't worry i haven't gone full depressive um thank for, god for next week <laughs> imagine i'm like so here's another one that's going to emotionally devastate you um, <laughs> i'm trying to, i'm trying to lift the spirits lift the mood i've gone for a dark comedy okay i'm okay with that it, there are definitely some depressing things in it but it is a dark comedy and it i mean it's you it so also has resulted in probably my favorite ever press tour like ever so i'm definitely going to send you the videos that i want you to watch of the press tour because they are amazing. Okay. So I've chosen. I've chosen Ingrid Goes West, starring Aubrey <gasps> Fucking Plaza and Elizabeth Fucking Olsen, who that is a two of my favourites. That is literally on my like 2022 watch list. Oh, awesome! Like I come up, I come up with like 16 films every year that I keep procrastinating on that I need to watch. Are we also just going to be spending like at least half of the episode? Just talking about the press tour. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the press tour is okay. literally Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen being wives in love. And it is beautiful and hilarious mm. and so attractive. And I'm so on board. Fair enough. Yeah, you wait. You're going you're gonna to love it. <laughs> well, I'm both excited and slightly terrified <laughs> that this is what I'm going to be doing, spending my weekend doing. <laughs> you should be. Cool. All right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. And we will see you next week. That we will. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. You can also email us at heavenlyfeaturespod at gmail.com. And you can also find us at 18maidenlane.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions.